So I have food allergies. And when I first figured out I was the food that I was eating, <laughs> it was actually making me sick, but I didn't just stop eating. Like that wasn't realistic, right? So, but what did I do? I paid attention to what I was eating, when I was eating it, how much I was eating it. And so I think it's very similar to, you know, what we're talking about with the digital wellness of like, it's, it's not saying you can't ever be on Facebook and it's not saying, you know, you're not ever going to be on your phone. It's saying, that let's just be aware of when we're on it, what we're consuming, how often we're consuming it and how it makes us feel. And maybe we need to stop being on some things or stop being on it at certain times of the day or, you know, overall using it less. And, and just making sure that it's, it's, it's healthy and what we're consuming is good for us. And maybe we decide to go on a, you know, Amazon binge, but we know that we shouldn't do that all the time. You're on a mission and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts, a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I am the lucky winner of host today because I get to hang out with our friend Tia Hopper again. Now, you guys probably remember her from the last episode that she did with us where she talked to us about how to not hate our social media. Yeah, I Tia, I still don't know if I don't hate my social media. Hey, but that brings like when we were doing that topic, we had this like moment where we realized that part of hating social media was all kind of circulating around the topic of digital wellness. And it's something that Tia is super, super passionate about. And I feel like something we all kind of need to have an awareness of. So we're going to talk about it today, and she's going to give us some tips on how to have a healthy relationship with technology and our phones. <laughs> All right, so enough about that. Um, Tia, why don't you go ahead and just in case somebody didn't listen to the last episode where you hung out with me, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business. Yep, um, I'm Tia Hopper. I am here in Columbia, Missouri, but I have clients all over the country. I help them. I'm a social media strategist, um, coach, consultant, speaker, and I love to help business owners and anyone wearing the marketing hat um, simplify their social media through a strategic approach. So I think so often people are just one reason why outside of this digital wellness topic, they don't like it is because they don't actually have a strategy. Therefore, it feels like a waste of time and, and their efforts aren't working. So really help them dig into their business and their brand and their target audience and figure out where they should be online, how to help them get results, but doing it in a way that they are excited about. And they, you know, are enjoying their content, putting themselves out there. A lot of it is mindset work, confidence building, but yeah, that's what I do. I've been doing that for, um, let's see, six years all in. And a couple of years before that, as I was like working full-time and doing it on the side. So that's me. I've got three little kids that I um, am also raising alongside running this business. And so I just, I feel like the luckiest person in the world. I get to kind of have the best of both worlds work, um, you know, make my schedule around them and be a mom and 
yeah, it's, it's great. Tiring, but great. <laughs> so tell me about your journey with digital wellness. Like when, what sparked this for you to make it something that you wanted to like spread the word about? And- yeah, it uh, honestly gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. So I said I had three kids when I was having, was on, I was on maternity leave with Niall, my second and I had had my business, you know, for a couple of years at that point, but I'd been in the marketing online and social media space for years and I loved it. I loved, you know, being on my phone and all the, you know, all the things. Um, but when I was offline more, you know, during that time, not working so much, not on my phone so much, I realized that like I was really enjoying it. And when it came time to jump back into, you know, working and, um, I was like kind of feeling anxious about it. And I really honestly had this like freak out moment of, oh my gosh, like how am I going to go back and tell people to use social media for their business and be on their phone all the time when like, I'm not wanting to do that. And it, and I think part of it, you know, is just probably age. And, and I also feel like anytime I have a kid, I have a little bit of a, you know, like crisis moment in my life, like going back to work and all the things. But, um, it was funny as I, part of what I was trying to do, you know, of course, when you own a business, you can't really take three months off. Um, but I w- had been to social media marketing world and I, um, previously, and I was still trying to like, listen to some of the presentations that I couldn't attend. And so one night my, my husband was gone with my daughter and I, it was just me and the baby. And so I put on one of the presentations I was just listening to in the background and it was on this topic of digital wellness. And I was like, this is like a presentation at a, you know, at a, the biggest social media conference in the world. And it was on digital wellness. And I'd never really like heard the topic before. And it honestly just like changed everything for me. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed by it, then other people who don't have a business in social media and know how to use it as well as I do have to also be feeling the same way. So maybe I can like use this information because I'm also very much into wellness, um, you know, in my life, maybe I can like lean in and use this. And so that's why I did. It became a part of my brand. And and I now like the people that kind of like you that reach out to me are those that are like, Hey, I know I need social media for my business, but I hate it. I don't want to use it. I don't want to be on it all the time. How can you help me? And it's been amazing. And, and so, yeah, that's just, it's kind of, kind of part of like, of um, what I do and my approach to it and, and how I help people. Now, when we talk about digital wellness, I mean, my brain immediately goes to like, like phone right? And I have a really interesting relationship with my phone. My husband doesn't always appreciate my relationship with my phone, um, especially when we started dating, because before phones became smartphones and I could have a book on my phone, I never knew where it was. And I still never know where it is, but I'm more likely to know where it is because it has a book on it that I can read or listen to. Actually, like my daughter last night, um, she, she was like, Hey mom, where's your phone? Find your phone. Hey, Ellis, where's my phone? And I was, and she was like making fun of me because like, I don't even know where it is. like ever. <laughs> so I've got like this thing. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where it is right now, but that's okay. Cause then I'm not going to get distracted talking to you, but I feel mm-hmm. like digital health is like, it's more than just a phone. I know you're going to probably talk to us about our phone today, but like, what else does it encompass? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think 
oftentimes it is the phone, right? Because that's what is attached to us and we carry it around with us. But yeah, I mean, I think it is any, any type of screen or any time, you know, so it could be your computer, it could be your TV, um, it could be your iPad, I mean, anything. But yeah, when I think of digital health, I mean, it's simply just um, paying attention to, I think, our habits, being really intentional with how we went, like when we we're online, how we we're online, how that makes us feel. That could be online shopping. I mean, any of those things, but it's, you know, when you think about like, okay, what sucks me in <laughs> or what am I thinking about when I start to kind of get a little antsy? Like, what is the thing I, I want to go maybe like do to distract myself? Um, but when we, when we dive into it, it's, it's figuring out those things to set up healthy, healthy habits so that, um, you know, we can feel good about when, when we're online and then when we get offline, like you don't have that kind of hangover, <laughs> But I, I think it, you know, it ties into our mood. I truly think that how much time we're spending online and the information we're taking in is a leading cause to anxiety and depression because we're trying to like use it as a way to connect, but we really need that like real life in-person connection. And of course it can bridge that when we can't get that. But if we're only trying to have those relationships and connect meaningfully like online, and then we see, you know, it's not authentic. We see like the picture perfect version of people. And that's what we're thinking is reality. Like there's so many things here, but um, it impacts us in our relationships and our expectations of people, you know, in so many ways. So um, it's a lot. And I think we're up against a lot. And for some reason, nobody's really paying attention to it or talking about it. You know, we talk about and think about our, our, our health in so many other ways, but I think this is really impactful. Yeah. And I don't think it's just like those of you who are listening, if you're like, well, I don't have a problem with social media. Like, for example, I am seldom on social media. I actually hate it when I have to get on it for a client during the day. And I try to put it off at, until the end of the day because I get in there and then I have no idea why I'm there for like five minutes. And I can't even, like my brain just shuts off and I can't even find a button where to click to find the thing that I'm trying to go to. It's so painful. And and I love how you said that, you know, the people out there are not really real. And I 100% agree with that because even uh, just the other day, I posted an aerial video of like, I was having the worst day. I've been having a hard time doing my aerial because it's been so hot outside. And so I get up in my rig and I am just like melting, literally melting. And I can't even get anything pretty to post. And so I just posted a video of myself melting. And it was like the first one that I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these videos of me doing something pretty, but I don't have all these like hours and hours of practice in between where I just straight up suck and can't figure out how to get it done. Right. Um, but then like, also you got like Amazon that you mentioned Netflix, I think could be a big one. Um, Zillow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so addicted to Zillow. <laughs> How is that? House porn. Can I say that on here? House porn. Yeah. It's just, ah, I know what the inside of like every house in a four mile radius looks like right now. It's I'm creepy. Here's on another you. one um, that I didn't realize I had a little bit of a, an addiction to, I would, addiction is a strong word, but like how I enjoy spending my downtime, Airbnb. Like I love the plan trips that I'm never going to take. And Airbnb now has an algorithm. I mean, it's the same, you know, that like, how are you going to get your property or your house shown? There's an algorithm now to all of it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, they are, that's their moneymaker is your time. Like their currency is your time. They want to keep you on that app or whatever, you know, your screen, if it's Netflix, like as long as possible. And these are major companies and their job is, I mean, it is, they're trying to get you addicted binge binge watching Netflix. Like that is the thing we, we joke about it, but that's real. Um, and they're all competing for our time. And so we're up against some really powerful, you know, and, and I think that's, what's interesting is when I was kind of first trying this, it's like, it's like, Oh, it, it's, it's so addicting. And like, I just, I'm just going to try harder. And it's like, it's actually probably your willpower alone is probably not going to, you're probably not going to be able to go up against them, <laughs> you know? So that's why we have to like, okay, how do we like actually put in some, some things that we can do that's, that are going to make a difference versus just saying like, I'm going to try not to get on my phone. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about some of those things. And I'm sorry, you guys, if you hear Quimby barking in the background, this is, Hey, Quimby, be quiet. All right. <laughs> we'll see if that works. <laughs> Quimby's my dog. Okay. And she's hanging out with me today. Okay. So tell us some tips, tips about how, instead of just saying, I'm not going to do it. Right. Because I feel like one of the things that, um, sorry, small tangent, so my kids just transitioned from private school to public school. And like in the public school, they both have a Chromebook. They're expected to do things online. They're expected to work online. I think that's pretty powerful because like I work all online. And if they can't do at least the level of like, like digital problem solving that their parents have, that's not really a fair assessment. I kind of solve problems through technology, not a fair assessment. If they can't solve problems digitally, at least as good as their dad, then, <laughs> then how are they going to like be in the real world? Right. But finding that like balance for them. Right. Because at this point, Ellis cannot manage her. Like if she has an iPad, she's on it all the time. Like I have to regulate her constantly. And so I just took it away from her in June and I haven't given it back yet. Just not going to, I don't think, mm -hmm. but then I feel like I'm failing her as a parent because she needs to know how to use technology and manage herself. Yeah. All right. So tell me how, I'm, how do I do this? <laughs> well, it's so hard. I agree with you. I mean, because, and we're in unchartered territory, right? Like parents have never had to deal with this before. And I'm with you. Like I am very much like we very much limit screens and we can talk about kids more in a little bit. Um, but you know, and we've also had those hiatus where we just take completely take them away. And honestly, it's awesome. behavior wise and we it makes such a difference. But my husband is like you, and if you're a Gary V fan, he talks about this that like this is the future and they do have to know how to not only like use them, but also probably manage it, which I think as they get older and their brains are more developed, that will get easier for them. But parents have never had to deal with this before. So it's like. I don't know. Are we screwing them up? I don't know. I don't know. My mom <laughs> but, always told me like, so at first I was worried because they watched too much like Netflix, you know, before they were old enough to have iPads. And my mom was like, yeah, but Monica, when you were little, you just sat and you watched whatever was on the TV. I had no control over what, over what you watched. And so she's like, now you can have the opportunity to actually choose what apps your, your kids have on their yeah. iPad and what shows that they watch you can only allow them to watch um, like educational shows. And at one point they were watching so much Netflix during the spring before it warmed up that I reset all of our Netflix settings to Spanish and they had to watch all their Netflix in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> 
decreased the amount that they watched and it That's really amazing. increased their reading levels too because they had to read the subtitles. That's amazing. I love and then it. And for Aveline's birthday, her biggest present that I gave her in June. So they went two months without English Netflix. So in June for her birthday, I turned Netflix back on English. <laughs> She's like, this is <laughs> Oh, I love it. Mom, mom hacks. Here we go. Yeah. Here we yeah. Go. <laughs> um, I think, you know, going back to like warning sign, I, I think it really goes back to just awareness and you are so aware. Like, and I, that's why I think we, we could chat about this all day. Cause I think we feel similarly about it, but so many people I think just are not aware. Like I saw something the other day and it was like, try not to pick up your phone at a stoplight. And I was like, you know, like, yeah, I would never do that. And then the first time I was at a stoplight, like there I was, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like that's just, and it's, so it's just become such a habit. And so that for me, when I was going down this journey before I, and I'll get, I've got great tips, but like, for me, it was just the awareness of like, when am I picking up my phone? And like you were saying, you get on there for, for like work. Like, so you're actually getting on there to do something or achieve something or send a text, you know? Okay, great. But it's the times that you're like picking it up because in, in, in a lot of, I think it just goes back to like boredom. Oh, here comes some thoughts. I don't really want to have to actually like think about, or just habitual you're in the doctor's office, you pick it up, you know, instead of having a conversation with the person next to you or reading the magazine or just being with your thoughts. Um, and so just starting to pay attention. So when I, I know when, when I was kind of paying attention, I noticed that a lot of times it was like when my husband picked his up and it was like, did I really want to be on my phone? No, but he picked his up. So what did I do? I picked mine up. So I started carrying a book around with me. And so if he picked his up, I would open my book instead. Um, and so that I think is the best thing is just to start to, to just shine a light. on like, okay, when am I picking it up and why? And then do I actually want or need to be on my phone or am I just doing it because, because I'm bored? Um, and that in itself will take you some time to kind of like figure out and master and get a handle on. Um, and then I think once you kind of figure, figure that out and figure out your why, some things that I think can help you kind of make sure that you're, cause it all goes back to the digital distraction, right? Like if you don't want to be on your phone, but you're just getting sucked in by the distractions, what are some things you can do to, to quiet some of those distractions? So you're not constantly being pulled out of the amazing, wonderful life you're living and want to actually be present in. So one is just simply putting your phone on silent and that, I mean, I feel like maybe I live in a different universe, but like I've done that for years now. And when I'm around people that have their phone on and it's constantly dinging, I'm just like, and even my kids too, I notice they're just constantly, you know, and again, being sucked into this, like, it's ping, ping, like drives me nuts. So that is a big one. Um, and I can tell you, like, I am barely, I, you know, I run my business on my phone and I have it on silent and it's okay if you miss a notification for a few minutes or you miss a call, like it's okay. You're going to survive. You're going to be okay. Um, number two, you can clear off your, um, your phone, like, like clean up your home screen or organize your apps into folders and reduce the clutter. Having your phone pop up with like a beautiful picture of your children or a landscape that you love. It just, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll realize the number of times you actually look at your phone and like, to not see all the apps and the notifications and, and instead see something really like that makes you, brings you joy is such a game changer. These are really simple things, but they make such a difference. Um, I just have like my educational apps. So like on, on my main uh, page on my phone, like I have a big picture that makes me happy. And then I have like a link to Duolingo. 
Cause I'm like, well, there you go. I mean, if you got to pick up your phone and do something, learn some Spanish, right? Or, um, and I also have like a link to my favorite audiobook app and a link to my favorite like normal ebook app. And it's like, those are the things that I see because it's not full. It's not, yeah. you got to go to the second page, which is then full of all yeah. these little folders of stuff. And my husband's like, how do you find anything? And I'm like, oh, well, I, there's a search feature. <laughs> Yeah, but you go looking for it because you want to use it. Yeah, and not because you get sucked in by them. Yes, absolutely. Like I can't even, I can't even find podcasts. I can't find my podcast app unless I search for it because I buried it someplace and I don't know where it is. My son has done that for me. Yeah, he likes to, you know, he grabs my phone and starts pushing stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know where that is. So I just, yeah, same. I have to search for it, but it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's, I don't know. I think it's good because then I don't have all the other stuff and I don't see all these little red bubbles all over everything that make me think, oh, maybe I should check that out. Like, don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Yeah. And that's the other thing you could do is turn off those notifications. Like, and then when you decide you want to go check them, maybe once a day, like you go and manually check them, but they're not constantly, again, distracting you and pulling you in. Yeah. This is another tip that has been such a game changer for me. And this is, you know, less like social media, but um, just when it comes to like time management, when it comes to digital stuff and um, it, the the, the thought is that you never touch a message more than twice. So I didn't realize I was doing this until I came across this tip. It was like the number of times I'd open an email. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not quite ready to respond, whatever. I would like flag it or mark it as unread. And then I'd come back to it, never do anything, never. Come. And it was like the num- the amount of time and just mental energy I was putting into that. And so it's like, you read it. And then the next time you touch it, you either respond or you file it away or you do something. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been, and you can do that for your Facebook messages, you know, not just email, text messages, whatever. It's been, again, there's simple little things, but they make such a difference. Um, part of that, you know, I could be like managing your to-do list. Cause some people like they manage their to-do list through their email. Yes, I find that a little tricky. I have to have two to-do lists. Like I have the email and the email lets me know that something has to be done. But if mm-hmm. I'm really going to table it till tomorrow, then I end up like I have a digital to-do list. And so if, if it's a lot of email work, and I can't do it right now, then I just put links literally to the emails as to do items. And I just archive it all because I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to get in there and see there's 75 tasks to do. Uh-uh, I just respond. I'm going to do this tomorrow. And then I put it on tomorrow or the next day or whenever it is. Cause I just, it miss too much, too much yeah. makes me. And, and so like, God bless the people who are managing their to-do list through their emails or through text. How, okay. Small bunny trail. How tricky is it when you, so like I communicate with people via Slack, via email and via text and text is, is almost all just my friends. Right. So then when clients get my phone number and they start texting me, it is so tricky. It's so tricky because then like texts have this new urgency to them that they didn't have before. And, and I forget. Yep. I'm the same way. I very rarely give my cell phone out for that reason. And I think that's good. You know, if, if you are a business owner, it's really good to tell your clients, like my communication mode is this for me, it's email. 
Um, and if, yeah, they do get a hold of my text and because I'll just say, Hey, I don't, you know, usually use this. Can you email me just so I don't miss this or forget this, or I'll go email myself if it's yeah. easier in the moment, but I'm the same way. I don't use it for that. And so I don't go back and look at it for work stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that brings up a good thing. Just like in general, like time blocking, you know, or, or, planning out these things, whether it's posting, checking notifications, but like setting aside time in the day to do them. So you don't feel like you have to do them all day. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's responding to DMs. Like over lunch, you take 10 minutes and respond to direct messages if it's social or whatever it is. Um, But, but building them in your day so that, you know, you're going to do them. And then you don't, if you you don't have to get sucked in notifications, because you're like, nope, I'm going to do that later. And then you check it and then you're done with it for the day or for that part of the day. Maybe you do it twice a day, whatever it is. But um, And friends, turning off all of your notifications or making them all archive into a folder that you never look at in your email. I'm going to tell you from experience what happens when you do that. You get hacked and you don't ever know. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And it takes you a really long time to fix it. Cause Facebook's like, you're not hacked. It's fine. And it's like, yes, Facebook, I am hacked. And I, and then you have to like go back and forth with them forever to convince them that you're hacked, which doesn't even make any sense. Cause if they like actually looked at the account, they would see, but anyway, so I love your idea, Tia, that you should block off time to do it because whether or not you're getting the notifications via email or you're going to go out into the actual system and check your notifications for whatever social you're checking, you have to check them. Or not only will you not be healthy, you won't be safe. And people will be spending your money without you knowing it. They will like literally create ads in your ad account and run them on behalf of their teeny tiny tank tops over in Asia. No, that's a really good point though, too. Yeah. You can't just ignore it. Right. So that's why you have to have a system for it uh to manage it. And I mean, I think you were talking about kind of your day to day and like, I'm the same way too. I mean, I'm on it very much during the day when I'm working, but I'm not, I'm not just on it. Like I get on to do my thing, but then at night, like I'm off of it for a few hours and then I'll usually like check in before bedtime, you know, but And so you kind of have to figure that out, what's going to work for you. But I think the goal is just that you're not on it and feeling sucked into it all the time, because that just creates chaos, overwhelm, you know, um, last tip. And then I also would love to share like a story, but, um, one of the best things I've ever done is, and that I just think it's such a game changer is just using airplane mode. So, and I might've shared this in the last one, but, um, you know, you can just toggle it on and off really easily. And so when I was creating my course, I was, um, I really needed to like have time when I was working where I wasn't being constantly pulled into email, text, whatever. And so I would, you know, give myself an hour or two to work on my course and build it. And I would just put my phone on airplane mode and it, I, and, and I still do that. Um, now when I'm ready to like power down at bedtime, I put on airplane mode. And in the morning, what I love is like, I don't wake up to my phone and all these notifications. Oftentimes that's like, I'm getting like, I've been up, I've been with my kids. And then like, maybe before we're getting ready to go to school, I turn my phone on just to make sure like, okay, is there anything I need to know about school? Is our nanny healthy and coming today? All these things. But I decide when I'm ready to turn that on and I'm not waking up to that. And the same with bedtime. I mean, I don't turn it off. Like when my head hits the pillow, it's before, and I have some time to come down. So, and I also just use it throughout the day when I don't want to be, but, but I love 
that and the control that it gives me. But also when I do turn it on, I'm not, you know, everything's still there. I don't feel like I've like missed everything. Like, okay, what have I missed in the last hour or two? Such a game changer that in itself. I think that airplane mode would probably be better too. So I, I enabled like automatic do not disturb times and like work times on my phone, which I think helps me a lot. Cause then Cause I would have people texting me like my family lives in different time zones. They're texting me when it's normal for them. It's not normal for me, <laughs> but, um, but with airplane mode, when I turn it back on, then I would see those notifications. See, so but right. do not disturb. I don't see them. And then it could be like three days before I see your text. Hope to God you weren't stranded on the side of a road someplace, you know, like, oops. Um, yes. <laughs> That's why I loved it too. Cause when I first started doing it, my daughter was like, I think for the, and she was in like a daycare for the, well, no, not the first time, but it was a newer daycare that I was a little bit like uneasy is a strong word, but I just was always a little bit nervous about like, what if they need me kind of thing. And so I could turn it back on and know that like, okay, everything's right here. Um, and I know what I've missed and off we go, you know? <laughs> so speaking of kids, do you have tips for kids? Like, you know, Mike and I were tr- just trying to figure out like, how do we allow like our, our child to have access to her device? Cause I mean, it's getting to the point where like she's 12, it's not going to be much longer before she probably needs to have a phone. And I don't really think about it, but like when she wants to go to a football game with her friends by herself, that's when I think you need to have a phone, you know, because I just want to be able to have her call me if she needs something really is all there is to it. But then how do I make it so it's not weird and they're not like, I don't know, doing bad, stupid things with their phone? <laughs> I will say I, I don't, I can talk about the littles and screens all day when it comes to the older ones, you know, I don't have them. So it's hard. I, I know there's, I know. I know there's apps and things, you know, you can do to, to limit and control. I mean, I think like you're already doing my plan when it comes to that age is to hold out as long as I can. And then, you know, just do the very basic stuff to begin with. Um, I thought about I'm just great. getting her a flip there phone. Yet, but I'm, I like, when, yeah. I thought about just getting her a flip phone. I actually like, yeah. um, <laughs> with our internet service provider, they're like, and you get to have one free phone line. And I was like, do you have a flip phone? And they were like, what? And I was like, you know, one that doesn't get on the internet. And they're like, why? It's like, oh, because, and they were like, and they kind of guilt tripped me. They said, well, Monica, you need to be teaching your kids about digital health, not just keeping them away from it. And I was like, okay, yeah, you try that with a 12 year old. A flip phone might be, I'll get her a pager. (laughs) Pagers. Yeah. Oh, we're so old. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that is, um, you know, you and I have talked about this offline, but like, that is really interesting to me and it's great that they have you as an example, but when I've, you know, got so excited about this topic, it's like, I want to share this with the world. And I would talk to people there. I was like, Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Do you you, like thought about going to elementaries and like middle schools? And I'm like, no, it's not just for kids. Like, so I do think that, you know, it starts with us and teaching them healthy habits and modeling that for them because, you know, it's like, no, my one-year-old wants my phone all the time because they see me carrying it around. And I mean, I'm pretty good about not being on it as much as possible, but like, it is a part of our life. What, what we can set healthy habits and show them, you know, what it looks like. So, but I think, um, 
it, it also comes down to the kid. Like you were saying earlier, you know, I have one too, that is, she's very sensitive and screens have been a battle, man. And we, you know, first was like me, anytime we would try to get her off of it, it was so hard. Her brain it just, but it's not just screens. It's whatever she's doing. She is all in it. You know, there's no having a conversation. And, and so then it was like, we were very much limiting. And I was like, well, maybe she needs more of it. So she gets more used to it, you know, but, um, so I really think it comes down to the kid, but all in all, I think, you know, trying to have boundaries and for us, like with, I have little kids, it's, you know, we, we try not to do screens during the week very much at all, but even when we do, it's like 20, 20 minutes, I think, you know, is for us a good rule of thumb. You have to kind of decide what is best for you, but I think being consistent. Um, but when it comes to like what they're watching, I think it's not, you know, I think so often we, we focus on the content, but what I have learned, like, it's really about like, is it fast paced edits? Is it bright, flashy lights? Is it really, you know, the music, is it fast? And that is just too much for their brain. And so finding shows that are a little bit more like slower um, is so much better for them. And if you look at it now, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, again, though, it goes back to, they're trying to get your kid to be addicted to it. I mean, that's what they're after too. So that has been helpful for me to try to figure out, okay, what's going to be a little bit less, you know, overstimulating. Um, so a great resource for this is Jessica and her last name is S C E N N E S on Instagram. If you go follow her, she has, I mean, this is like what she does, but she has a whole, um, story highlight on TV reviews and for different ages. And so I know I can tell you like the worst is Cocomelon. Like, and if now, if you watch it with this in mind, you're like, no, oh, it's like hurts, you know? And of course that's what like everyone wants to stick my one-year-old in front of it. Cocomelon. I'm like, no, um, one of the best and just all around like best show ever is Bluey. We love, love, love Bluey. So, and again, I know I'm speaking more for like the littles than for your older ones, but, um, I'm sure there's some great resources and I'll try to find that. Maybe I can send it to you for the olders too. But, and I think Jessica would, would be able to speak to the, you know, 12 year olds as well. Um, but I think to giving, you know, setting a timer, okay, we're going to watch for 20 minutes and then giving them a timer, just like we, you know, would maybe time ourselves. Like it's not bad for us to scroll, but set a timer mm -hmm. and kick yourself off after so many minutes. I think it goes for the same for them. Um, you can actually yeah. manage like all the screen time and stuff on your Apple device and it works well. I mean, it's worked for my kids at least. And, um, the other thing that I know with Abilene's stuff, so Abilene is nine, like I just, I just took all the browsers off. I took YouTube off. So she gets yeah. to like play on the apps that are age appropriate for her when she had access to the browsers and YouTube, she was out finding all kinds of natures of things. And like the questions that she would come back asking me were very adult in nature. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> um, and, and like, at one point I had to put the browser back on her iPad because she needed to download and have access to a browser to be able to like, to use an airplane app, like we, cause we were flying and she wanted to watch a show. And then the next second that like, as soon as we land um, and we get like settled in our um, Airbnb, I get an alert. Hey, Aveline's out on, on YouTube. Do you want to see what she's doing? And I was like, sure. And this is all just set into your phone, right? Like it's just, it's yeah. Apple. And I was like, sure. And I look at it and I'm like, not age appropriate. I like just go up and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, and I, I also feel like, um, so now that they can't get to it on their devices. 
they're going to go to it on the television. And at least then, and I do let them do some of it on the television because, you know, it's fun. But if I walk into the living room and they have that stuff on and that like, I can't even cook dinner because it's so distracting. Like I keep getting sucked in. I'm like, we got to stop. You got to stop. You got to change to something else. I always tell them to turn off the brain rot. (laughs) And what's funny is they just do it. They don't, they don't fight me on it. They just do it. And so I guess that's an awareness thing too, is like, if it's, if it's making you mm-hmm. unable to concentrate or it's grating on your nerves, then it's probably getting on their nerves too. They just yeah. have a different tolerance for it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Awareness. No, they don't know too. Yeah. I think, you know, one good tip that I've heard it again, I think it's different for kids because my, my daughter, like, it doesn't matter what she's doing. I can't carry a conversation, but it's like, if they're watching something, they should be able to like, have a comp carry a conversation. Like if they're so into, you know, like they're not hearing you, their brains, it's probably too overstimulating for them. Um, so I think, yeah, again, probably depends on the kid, but that would be another, another good tip to kind of keep in mind. I think the other thing you mentioned before we went online too, is just emulating the behavior that you want to see from your kids and making sure that, you know, you set a good example for them. Like it was a long time ago that Mike and I said we weren't going to have cell phones at the dinner table. So now if somebody does have a cell phone at the dinner table, everyone asks, what are you doing on your phone? <laughs> like not rudely, just like, we're curious, like what's going on yeah. over there. It must be an emergency. <laughs> like, um, did someone break their leg? We don't know. And so I think if we emulate what we want to see, cause I do have friends that complain about their kids screen time. And I'm like, yeah, but you're on your phone all the time. So Mm -hmm. that like they're, you guys are all acting the same. I look over at the couch, you're on the couch, the kids are on the couch. You're all on your phones, even though you're supposed to be visiting with real life people. It's not like they're just, it's just your family culture. Like how do you shift culture? Yep. Lead into it. Right. And so yeah. Oh man, I was thinking about that the other day. It all goes back to values. You know, we have family values. And I think so often, like it goes, you know, when you're making decisions, big or little, it goes back to like, what are your values? And yeah, I mean, it's not a, you know, for us, values are moving our body, being outside, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I shared with you before, it was like, obviously I have littles, I run a business. Like there are times where I like do have to hop on and do something. But I say to my kids, like, hey, you know, I need to respond to this message or I need to go get my computer and send an email really quick. And then we can go back to X, Y, Z. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. If you could also please, you know, try to give me not and, and not ask me 20 questions for the next five minutes. Like, but it's setting expectations. Um, and yeah, I think that is helpful. You know, my phone is not more important than you. But also, like, let's just be real. We do live in a world where like, I run my business on my phone. So there are times that I'm going to have to get on it and we can't, I mean, there, there are times where I'm like, I would love to move somewhere where I don't have to be connected, (laughs) but as long as I'm living here and it's not realistic. So how do we, you know, navigate these waters? So I'll actually, this perfect time. I I was going to kind of share this story because for me, this is what kind of clicked when I was first getting into this and figuring out like, how am I going to, like I said, you know, walk this, you know, walk the walk of digital wellness, but also continue to have a social media business and not feel like a hypocrite. So I have food allergies, food sensitivities, you know, and when I first figured out, I was 
that didn't go well for years. And when I figured out that it was the food that I was eating, (laughs) that was actually making me sick. I mean, it was kind of a a similar mind blowing thing of like, (laughs) but I didn't just stop eating. Like that wasn't realistic. Right. So, but what did I do? I paid attention to what I was eating, when I was eating it, how much I was eating it. And I didn't just like, I still at times decide to eat the pizza pizza um, with the gluten because I want to, because it sounds good. And, you know, we all need those fixes and things. Um, but I, for the most part, don't eat that because I know if I do, I'm going to feel a certain way. And so I think it's very similar to, you know, what we're talking about with the digital wellness of like, it's, it's not saying you can't ever be on Facebook and it's not saying, you know, you're not ever going to be on your phone. It's saying that let's just be aware of when we're on it, what we're consuming, how often we're consuming it and how it makes us feel. And maybe we need to stop being on some things or stop being on it at certain times of the day or, you know, overall using it less and, and just making sure that it's, it's, it's healthy and what we're consuming is good for us. And maybe we decide to go on a, you know, Amazon binge, but we know that we shouldn't do that all the time. So I think that's, you know, really kind of what it comes down to is just what we're consuming. And I tell my daughter all the time, like, you know, it's not just, it's everything we, we, we can stay with our body, what we listen to. When she wants to listen to a song, I don't think it's appropriate. Like, I don't think that's good for you. Uh, you know, it's the products we put on our body. It's what we listen to. Anything, it's not just food. What we consume, it has an impact on our physical, mental, emotional health. And yeah, big picture, you know. And so it's part of our health. I love the food reference. That's so good. And two, I think that is a great way to wrap up because it also reminds me that I can enjoy it. Like there's nothing wrong with enjoying it. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a slice of pizza, even if you are gluten intolerant. And cause you know what happens on the other end of that as as a gluten intolerant (laughs) human. I know. Oh, I know. Um, But it also doesn't mean you can't enjoy that piece of chocolate cake when you want it, right? Like you get, you make those choices, you understand what happens afterwards and, um, and you make them anyway. And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy every single bite while you're doing it. So you can, you can have your digital time and you can love it. You can absolutely love it. And you also have to be mindful that a diet based on nothing but pizza and chocolate cake will make you a hot mess. So, um, balance. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, um, Tia, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you online? You've got a great blog. I get your emails all the time. Um, so maybe you could subscribe to her email. Find more digital wellness. (laughs) Yep. It's all in there. Yeah. Maybe my content, I talk, you know, about how to um, be successful on social media, all the nitty gritty things, but also how to do it in a way that, yeah, you, you aren't online all the time and um, doesn't have to take over your life. So I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, all just Tia Hopper, T-E-A-H-H-O-P-P-E-R. My website is the same, tiahopper.com. So super easy to find me. Yep, you can, um, I've got some free resources out there, content calendars and things to organize, to keep you organized and spend less time on social media. Um, and you can subscribe to a newsletter, as you said. And I love talking about this. So if you are like looking for a speaker or, yeah, or needing help with social media, whatever, reach out. I do free discovery calls. So. I'm happy to, to chat. Yeah. And she's not just a done for you service. Like she's not just going, she doesn't write like Tia and, and her team, they don't just write social media for people. They also help people get organized to do their own social media. So if you're like, 
oh, I don't like this and I'm stressed out about it, then you can have them help you like get your plan together. So that way you can feel in control and move forward and, and be purposeful about that social media. So thank you so much for your time today, Tia. I really appreciate it. And everybody else, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose. To get a copy of the show notes and all those links that we just heard from our guest, head on over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. And of course, I have to tell you the things that all podcasters are supposed to tell you at the end of their episodes. Like, if you thought this was awesome, you could subscribe. And then I would like get to tell you when I have new stuff for you to learn and new episodes and new people to meet, new stories to tell. Oh, and of course, I would really love it if you left a review. So head on over to maycreate.com for those show notes, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Or maybe even contact my team about building that next website. We can do it for you. And we even have our Better Than DIY website program that teaches you to plan and build your own website. So head on over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. I'll meet you over there.